Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to another podcast where we help aspiring developers get jobs and junior developers grow. We are focused on another web development coding bootcamp. This is going to be the uh, full stack program that they offer. Coding Temple, we're going to dive into it. I brought on three real graduates. Again, the whole point of this, get past the marketing BS that coding bootcamps obviously spit out and listen to real stories. That's the whole goal of this, right? Um, So hopefully at the end of this, you'll figure out if this program is right for you. But like usual, we'll go ahead and start with our intros. All right. So a few questions for you, Russell. Um, When did you graduate? Where are you at in your job search? And what industry did you come from? Uh, I graduated in the second week of January, January 10th, to be be exact. Um, This year? This year. This year. Yeah, I just just went through. I started it at the end of October. Um, My job search has been rough. (laughs) <laughs> to say the least it's been very bumpy um i thought i was gonna have more time to look and i didn't quite so i i uh i i can't name the company i ended up taking a job with one of the uh with one of the uh software engineering mills that uh you have to sign a contract for i didn't want to but i just ran out of time as far as my own personal finances um and then uh i came from the service industry I'm a trained chef. I, I trained five-star at uh, Sea Island Resort. And then I also was a manager for, uh, for Toys R Us for many years. So both the uh, restaurant and the and big box retail I have done. So I'm a career changer for sure. All right, cool. Thanks, Russell. How about you, Sydney? Yes, I was from the, I was in the July to September cohort, uh, not including the pre-work that I was doing as well. Um, and the job hunt right now, I've actually, um, I, I was able to receive a couple of offers down the line. I think it was a mixture as well as I have it on my resume and it looks really awesome that I was able to go through a full stack pro- uh, program, but I was also a data analyst for two years before that already. However, it wasn't the data analyst role. I think I wanted, it was mostly Excel, some VBA, and I was missing all those SQL Python shops that everyone likes. So I think a mixture of, the, of the, those two things, my previous experience and having uh, Coding Temple helped. Uh, right now, a little bit a little bit burned out. So I'm taking my time finding the next role. So I'm doing a little bit of a uh, Uber Eats, Uber driving, just trying to find out the, the actual roadmap I want to do. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Eric, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm also from the July to September cohort. Um, I previously came from a mechanical engineering background, uh, so not a little bit of familiarity with uh, coding, but not too into too delve into the um, coding languages. Uh, I agree with Sydney. I think for me, I have gotten a few offers. I'm currently working for the city of New York, um, and I just signed a full time offer with a consulting company. Um, but I think what really, for me, what really stood out was. Uh, you know, the data analyst part, a bunch of projects that Coding Temple really makes you do. Okay. So what's the title that you were offered? Uh, I was offered a software consulting analyst role. Okay. What's a software consulting analyst do? 
You know, that's a very cool question. <laughs> I, I'm about to find out when I work. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, congrats on that new position. I think I'm ready to dive in. So um, like usual, <clears throat> We're going to talk over each other a little bit. I, it usually evens out like the first 10 minutes. Feel free to respond to each other. But first question, um, why did you choose Coding Temple over other programs? I think for me, it was very straightforward. I, uh, it was money. Uh, Coding Temple had a money back guarantee uh, within three months of graduating. Um, there were, you know, the fine lines I didn't really read, but... It was the offer that, you know, if you graduated and then within three months, if I still have a job, I can get my monies back. Right. That was what really enticed me to it. Do you think prospect students should read those fine lines? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. How about you two? I would agree with Eric. Yeah. Um, I did have a, a pretty long spreadsheet of different, um, different, coding boot camps. And for me, the biggest thing was how can I sustainably still do this while working full time? So I took the part time course, as well as the, the cost benefit with time, like how long will this program take? And how quickly could I use these skills? Um, and does the I was dividing the I was dividing coding temple by the amount of weeks and how much each week would cost that that's how I did it at the back of my head and how much that would cost if I would take time off of work. So for me, I saw the big, the best value for that, for the least amount of time and focusing, it was a, a very specific stack with Python. So that, that was the biggest allure for me. Okay. How about you, Russell? Well, for me, um, I coding temple had some of the best reviews out there overall, um, that I saw. I actually was, I was close to going to the Georgia tech offered bootcamp, um, Georgia Tech has a their boot camp is really good and it's a little bit cheaper. Um, the timing didn't match um, for me, uh, but is I I did feel like what's the what's the most diplomatic way to put this? Once I called Coding Temple, they hunted me down, and they were one of the only ones that did that. Ever I had conversations with other boot camps where they backed off. They make they may call me. They may give me an email within a week. But Coding Coding Temple. The, the, the process of signing up with them was much quicker. They were much more aggressive than some of the other people that I had spoken with during my evaluation process. Cause I took about a good three weeks calling people trying to gather information before I signed up with somebody. Coding Temple was the mo more aggressive of all of the code of the boot camps that I had done. Okay. That's not, that's not a positive or negative statement. That's just, that's kind of <laughs> okay. how it played out for me. Well, yeah. And some people might see that as negative, but I can see how some people would think like, okay, they want me in. Right. Okay. Yeah, correct. And, and, and their behavior, I, their behavior, as far as how it started the whole lead up, they were very supportive. After I signed, they checked in with me. Um, I did the full, I did the full, or I did the, uh, 10 week program or the 10 week during the day program. So I wasn't working. Um, and, uh, I wish I would have followed Sydney's lead and done part-time and, and continued working full-time uh, just because uh, it can be all, it can take over your life. <laughs> like it took over my life for 14 weeks. Like it was longer than the actual boot camp itself. It was the pre-work party was after. So um, it can become, it can become engrossing beyond just the actual coursework itself. Like you get, you get really deep with it. Okay. All right. So 
let's jump into things. Um, what did you think of the program? We're going to go over the good and the bad. We're going to dive into both. And I actually want to provide some context because I'm interested what you guys think of this. So even thinking about the curriculum, 10 weeks full time, it's very short compared to a lot of other programs. Um, that's one one difference I notice, and I would argue a lot of coding boot camps will, a lot of students in people that would go through programs that are like three months long would feel like that was not enough time. That's like a major consensus that I hear from other programs that are longer. Um, so with that context, I'm, you know, keep that in mind. I'm curious how that affects your experience. But yeah, what do you guys think of the program? I think right now, uh, when I took it, right, I thought it was kind of a math program uh, just because, you know, you're going in, like you said, it's, it's a 10 week program. So it's a very intensive program. Uh, it's very fast paced too. So if you're not able to understand the source material, then, you know, it's up to you to seek help. Uh, granted, there are TAs who offer uh, to support you throughout the way, but I, I do, I did have classmates who did not end up uh, meeting the criteria at the end and not graduating with us. Um, another thing was, uh, I noticed in the boot camp that they started offering uh, kind of prep, kind of interview prep questions um, every day. Uh, and a lot of the issues during my cohort was, oh, we weren't offered that when we graduated, right? If we had that, it would have mainly benefited us too. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I thought the 10 weeks wasn't enough, personally. Um, if you're light, if your coding light has not gone on, got or turned on, that you're 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 going to have problems as you come out. And though it doesn't, it, whether it be finding a job, getting comfortable in that job, and that's not necessarily Coding Temple's fault per se. But um, for me, because I know I wasn't the greatest of college students, I was a competent college student, but I wasn't always on my game. I knew that I was in for a tough ten weeks which it was very difficult. It, it, there was times I had to stop studying. I was studying so much. There was times I had to stop working because I was overworking myself. I felt like the more time I put in, the better I'd be. And that's not really how it works as far as your understanding is concerned. And so um, I do understand how it's not long enough. And I've gone through a process afterward where I've kind of had to rebuild how I work at it because without having that class five days a week, without having the projects out in front of you, without having all that, you kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit especially if you haven't found your niche. So, cause my capstone was in react and I'm still shaky a little bit with some of my problem solving skills. As far as that's concerned, I did not come out of the boot camp strong in my problem solving skills. And again, I'm not blaming them, but with, if I had, I did ask questions. I used all the resources. I did everything I could to try to get as, as, as competent as I could. And I just couldn't come that extra mile part of that i think is because i didn't have the math problems problem solving skills before i came in and i had to rebuild that but um 10 weeks is not enough for the expense that you pay and then um if you separate that into data because i know we had about five data guys out of my 13 people in the cohort it was only th it was two and a half weeks of data and so depending on what you were what you were looking to do will really depend on how much actual instruction you got whether and and i and that's a real slippery slope, if you ask me. Yeah, okay. I, I would agree. Um, the part-time one, I think, was a little bit different. I think it was 12 to 14 weeks at the time. I think I'm looking at the website right now. There could have been some nuances, some changes, but um, 
I guess the reason for that was to try to separate that from, let's make it a little bit longer from the full-time program since it's part-time. So trying to get the same time allocation, I think. Uh, I still think it wasn't enough time. It was definitely, I'm sure, and from what I heard on this podcast, drinking out of the fire hose, maybe four of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> not enough time for sure. <laughs> what was the I mean, Go ahead. Oh, so, well, if you think about it, what you're learning for some of us, I know with, with Eric having a mechanical engineering degree, it, he already has the muscle memory for that. He already can speak the language before he shows up. Um, I was learning German, Spanish, and Chinese all at the same time while trying to reteach re myself how to type, while trying to learn how to uh, absorb the documentation. And so the advice that you get as far as how to get better, it's great advice, but it doesn't apply universally. And so um, we all learn at different paces. And with coding, I'm, I, I will listen to one of your podcasts and about the uh, you can't do it for money. You can't do this for money. You cannot get into this for money. Period. Here come the comments. There has to be something that you will. You do. You have to pull something out of it for yourself, mm -hmm. other than the money, because you're not. You're not gonna be able to sit there for seven hours or code something for a hundred thousand dollars. Just not not at the level that they need you to. Not at that professional level. And that's one thing I respect out of the interview process, because that's what they're trying to weed out in the interview process. They're trying to weed out the guy who's coming there, who's memorized all the formulas. And who can just roll it off the back of his hat and can't Elite really code. exactly <laughs> can't participate in the actual um, process of collaboration, and so and, and coding temple attempts to to teach that and and they they uh, encourage that, but that's not something that you can teach either. Um, and I found that was lacking as well. There really wasn't a big effort out of the students, and that's something that coding temple can't really force, but. Um, but I mean, it's hard to teach coding. It's not something that you can necessarily teach to everybody. And that's really the way we're setting up these boot camps. And we and some of us need more information in order to make that decision if it works for us. <laughs> I know I fall into that camp in some in some ways. I, I, I kind of I worked my way out of it towards the end. But at the beginning, I didn't know what I was getting into, even though I was prepared. I thought I was prepared for it mentally. And boy, once I once the door was open and I had to walk through it, it was a whole different story as far as how I handled that down the line. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, some of my classmates were also making the same uh, same statement, right? Um, what One thing I wanted to bring into attention is most of the time, a lot of people coming into the cohort, at least with my classmates, most of them have uh, friends or family members who already work a software engineering degree. Mm -hmm. So they already have people you know, that can help them outside of class. And I feel like that's also what contributes into the learning process. Mm -hmm. um, but to, you know, the other colleagues like Russell, right? Uh, mo the, the main co complaint I get is why not add a couple more days, you know, per lesson for the for everybody to kind of catch up and learn, uh, you know, the source material. Because, again, 10 weeks is very fast paced. Yeah. I feel like. Well, what was the application process like? Do you feel like they had a rigorous technical screening to make sure everyone was on the same page getting in? Mm, I would call it rigorous. I mean, basic math skills, um, basic logic skills, but not. But the logic skill, the logic skill test is not even on the level of what you're going to need to actually be successful. The understanding of how to solve logic problems, how to break it down. Um, nothing, nothing apart, apart that uh, like that was a part of the test. 
and then the pre-work was the pre-work was good, but I can't I didn't get I didn't get the full three weeks. I got four days of the pre-work. And so I had to cram eight chapters of Python um, and then CSS and HTML in four days. And I mean, it was I I still can't access the Python in my head because the, it just was got in there so quickly. It was not organized. I did not get to practice it in a way where it was layered in my mind. Um, and that's hard, uh, especially if you don't have that type of background that's going to give you the foundation to to not have to to not need that extra preparation. But they don't mention that either. That's not something they mention either. And um, even though they do have really good communication through Slack and other channels and they have good support, um, there's some they do leave. There's some vital information about what uh, what skills you will actually need in order to be successful as you move forward in the boot camp. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with you too. There, I think um, I was able to do some of the pre-work. I had about four weeks ish family emergency happened. So I was only really able to do it in two weeks or so. But I think level setting that expectation, this is actually going to take you about, I would say, 40 plus hours. I think the 20 hours allocation they recommended actually after doing it was it wasn't sustainable. And I, I was like, this is not this doesn't seem realistic especially if you're learning, it's not just passively, you're going to have to question it, go back, test it. Um, I would definitely say the pre-work, giving it a more realistic approach, or at least the range of like 30 to 60, 30 to 70 versus 20 hours seems to be an average. I don't know how they measured that. Um, <laughs> I'm a slow learner, um, but once I get a concept done, I'm pretty quick with it. So it's like, hmm, this, this something doesn't seem measured correctly, at least on the pre-work. Okay. So give yourself some grace on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's important. So for prospect students, would it be good advice to tell them don't trust that their technical screening is going to make sure that you are ready. Give yourself more time than what they're saying you should give yourself for that pre-work so that you are better prepared. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you have to, you have to put almost as much effort in the pre-work as you will. Some of the concepts that you don't understand just because, the one thing I will say, the one po the one really good pause about the pre-work, they give you exactly what you need to build the foundational skills to then move forward in the boot camp. But if you're not comfortable with those really quickly as they get into uh, once they HTML was my first week and then we got into Python. If you aren't comfortable as they talk and talk about Python and then you go into that second week of Python where they go to intermediate, intermediate and expert skills, you're going to be lost. And it's going to be hard to get caught back up because they teach you how to how to really understand loops and how to understand how to man, how to uh, use those different Python processes to your advantage. If you come out of that not understand and you move into now JavaScript, now you're moving into more logic based. You have to solve these functions and methods. If you don't have that skill already, you're going to be completely lost and then you're not going to be able to keep up with your homework. And so um, it really is a cascading effect that that pre-work has. And I would tell any prospective student, if you don't feel comfortable, I would say after the first two weeks, if you're if you're a week out and you don't feel comfortable, you really need to think about what you need to learn, what help you need, because it's really going to be hard to get caught up because I got behind. And once I got behind, I was always fighting to get caught up. I'd, I'd be getting to Saturday night, Sunday night or Sunday morning. I'd be nervous about Monday because I knew I didn't have what, what the closing week organized and set. And so. And it's really important in boot camp to focus every day on what they're talking about because they're really talking about something. Every day they're talking about something important. They don't tell you anything in depth. They just show you everything from a wide scale. 
not understanding the basic foundations of coding really puts you at a disadvantage to be able to absorb that scale and then do the language or code the language, excuse me. Okay. How big were your cohorts? I think mine was eight, eight, eight to 10 to, I think, uh, I would say it was about 10 and then pandemic style working remotely life happening. They, they gave us some flexibility. So some people, one person dropped out, but then two out of those people ended up learning on demand. I guess that's a new phrase. That's been very popular kind of learning on your own pace. Um, I may, I should have probably done that route knowing what that really meant and knowing the full amount of effort that would, it would have been taken, but yeah, 10, one dropped out and then the rest was just a very small group due to on-demand learning. They never came to the, um, to the cohort lessons. So from five 30 to nine, they weren't there. It's just on their own time. Okay. Then, uh, let me rephrase the question for Russell and Eric. Um, how many people were in your cohort and how many people finished with you guys? How many people graduated on time? I think for my cohort, uh, from what I was told, it was one of the largest ones. I think we had about 14 people. Don't take my word on that, but it, from what I've heard, it's because there were a few students who could not make uh, the other month of the cohort. So they kind of just uh, pushed everybody together. Um, and I guess that was, sorry, it's, get off topic, but that was one of the complaints again, right? It was, there's too many students, not enough TAs to kind of help everybody go through. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. How about you, Russell? Uh, we had, we started with 17. We finished with 13. And from my count, from what I can tell from the capstone, the last capstone class, because mo- oh, there were some people that didn't show. So Max nine people got the certificate uh, okay. out of my cohort. Max nine people. How many instructors and TAs did you have for each of you, your cohorts? I had one instructor and one TA for the class, but we also had availability to two other instructors outside of class. Okay. Same as Eric, right? Same, same here, but with the, with, uh, going full time, you really had, you had about, you had access to the teacher during, during class. He didn't go to, he didn't go to, um, the study halls, but we had access to the TA for probably an extra, I'd say 10 to 20 hours a week outside of the actual classes. And then just like everybody else, they, and like the whole, uh, tutoring system has even become more robust up of late. They have even more tutors now uh, than they did before. Like when I first started, the first week I started, there was three. By the third week, they had six. And so they're growing at a very quick pace. There's more resources available to the actual students themselves. But depending on how good you're, in my opinion, depending on how good your instructor and your TA were, really, really, I thought was a driver for the cohorts. My instructor and my TA were both really good and enthusiastic. So it really helped out. And I helped, I talked to some other students or some other instructors that were a little bit more drier in their personalities or a little bit more serious, whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I, and I can only speak from my experience as far as I concern. Derek was wonderful. He was amazing. Uh, and then Lucas was brilliant. Lucas, one of those brilliant people I've ever been around. And he was one of the only reasons why I stayed in, uh, because I was thinking about leaving. If it wasn't for Lucas, I probably would have left, but his, his, uh, 
his knowledge was really a driver. Okay. So what were your experiences, Sydney and Eric, uh, instructors and TAs? I had a great time. Um, I actually, I do believe that the instructors really cared for us. Um, I mean, there were a couple of times it, I had a tumultuous uh, last two quarters for 2021 family situations. My garage and my gazebo burned down in my house near the end of my um, cohort. So it was very much, um, I need to focus on this and I need to focus on some other issues, but they were very flexible. Um, always there to ask, uh, you know, not just like how I'm doing on work, like how are you doing? Do you need a, you know, any extra space or any other resources? Um, they also allowed, gave me some resources where is there a way that maybe I'm not helping you in the best way? I know you're big into U Udemy or some other places here, some other play, uh, resources that may help you maybe better than me at this time, since you're doing a little bit of on demand or um, or just so you could catch up. So they were very always there to look out for me. I, I will always give them that. Yeah, okay. I, I would agree. My uh, my instructor was also very supportive. Um and the TA as well, you know, we, after class, we will have, we will host another hour of, you know, study sessions together to kind of work on the homework. Um, I, although I would say for a lot of the TAs, it is appointment based and I'm not going to lie. I was a student who booked an hour, every single, you know, every, every single session, <laughs> but going back, right. It's, it is difficult because there's so many students uh, in different cohorts. Everybody's trying to fight for, that one really good TA, right? <laughs> and I don't know if it's changed, Russell, like you said, uh, but hearing that there's more TAs going on now, I don't think that might be a problem, but it was certainly a problem during my cohort. <laughs> and also to, to shine some light, it wasn't just the instructors and the TA. I, I forget if they call like a student success manager, the, the ones that are there to really help the students as well. Um, not just on, on project work or coding. Um, she did an amazing job. She helped me through the entire process too. Um, so not, it's not always just on the technical part of it, but I think those soft people skills and, and how to manage and like, Hey, it's okay. Maybe we can buy you some more time flexibility. So she did an amazing job and I think it made everyone else's job a lot easier. So I'd like to always give kudos out to her um, <laughs> for making everyone's job easier. I think well, I know who you're talking. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I know who you're talking about because I had a classmate of mine who had a mental breakdown during the cohort and that person was there to support her and give her more time, you know, reassure her that everything's going to be okay. So yeah, she's, the, she's the best. That's, I mean, <laughs> there's some coding boot camps that take the complete opposite direction with that. And I think that is important, right? Coding boot camp, even if it's part-time, it can be intense, right? It challenges you. It challenges your confidence in yourself. And like you're going through all these other life issues sometimes and having that support from staff at the coding boot camp, I think it's crucial. I think it's important. Like, and if you're paying this much money, they better deliver on this. Like that, it's like one of the crucial things I think coding boot camps sometimes do lack. So I'm glad to hear that with that. Coding Temple, if you're listening, please give her a raise. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do have they have wonderful support though. Wonderful mm -hmm. support. Like now the alumni support channel is growing. Um, and so they have weekly uh videos for the alumni, um, weekly workshops for jobs, things like that. So um that's one that's one thing, that's one reason why I'm not necessarily I have my own personal qualms with what happened where where I'm salty about it. But overall, I'm overall happy with the experience. 
and mainly because of the of how the uh, support staff and how they how they speak with you and and them being so they're, they're such good people. It's hard to whatever personal experiences that I didn't get out of it. It's hard for me to hold that hold it against them because of that. And that's and again, and you said it, Don, that's really important. It's, re, it's a really important aspect of it. Well, let, I want to dive more into it. I guess we could kind of jump into the career sor- services and that kind of support. Um, do you mind sharing your experience, Russell? Well, um, I have to, I mean, because of my own personal issues with some of the problem solving, that's where, that's the problems that I've had in the career part. I don't necessarily trace that back to Coding Temple. What I will say though is, and this is for all people looking for software engineering jobs, what you think the process is going to go like is not going to go. And people will be like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Uh, <laughs> everybody's different. And then because of the technical interview, um, I was a good interviewer in another life. The technical interview, not so much. I've had to relearn and uh, relearn and rebuild my interview skills, um, which goes with the problem solving. And Coding Temple has not been able to help with that. They've had good advice about it, but you can't personalize that. That's not, you know, unless somebody's going to be my life coach and hang out with me for the next three months and really help me get to the bottom of what my problem solving, problem solving issues are. There's not much they can do for that. And so that's one thing that a coding boot camp. And as you go through that process, you really have to be careful on, and understand yourself and what skills you may lack that you can't see down the line. They can teach you how to code, but if you don't have the soft skills, um, if you're not good in the collaboration, you're going to struggle, which is why I ended up in the place that I'm at because the React developer jobs I was looking for, if I got past the technical part, I would get to the group um interview with the senior technical people and that's where some of my um some of my weaknesses were exposed and they a lot of them were really nice to me in the end hey we were really considering for this job but this is what you lack coding temple was not going to help me rebuild rebuild those skills that was something those were skills that i that i needed to be revealed to me during the process beforehand and so um i'm not sure how they fix that um, because, uh, I think that's a deeper thing with each individual. I know there's some people in my cohort that have jobs already. So, um, and again, I, my personal experience, I don't blame them for that, but I wish that I would have had a little bit more guidance ahead of time. So I could have had my eye on the ball as I came out of it to understand that there were some things I was going to be working that I was going to have to work on. It took me about a month to kind of, for the light to come on. I was like, I was, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to rebuild my interview skills in order to be able to really be seriously considered for some of the jobs that I was applying to. So a little disappointing, but at the same time, the resources available to them helped me get to that point where that light went off. Cause I started to see people around me that whether they were better than me or not, I was like, okay, this person's getting interviews. Why am I not getting interviews? Okay. This person's getting pretty far. Hmm. Why is this not working out for me? So I had to do a little soul searching to get there, but um, it would have been better if I would have been aware of, how deep the interview process is in software engineering. So I want to share one skill that I had to build up and I, I don't think I built it up right away in a coding bootcamp. Um, I had trouble taking feedback initially. Like I, I always took it personally. That was, that was just something, it was a weakness of mine. I've been working on it for my entire life. I've gotten better, but in the beginning, going into a coding position, you're getting a lot of feedback. I mean, it's a challenging position. You're surrounded by a bunch of brilliant people. So that's a skill I had to build up. Um, and I can think of ways how a coding bootcamp could help build that up. So if you mind sharing, Russell, what was that, like, what was one main skill 
that you felt like you really had to work on that changed that experience of the interview process? Speaking out how to solve problems in a way that other people other than yourself can understand. Hmm. And so coding temple, we did, we would solve a problem for before every class. And so this is, I realized this during boot camp, but it didn't really hit me until after because I, because I struggled so much with problem solving. I didn't participate as much during these coding challenges as I should have. Um, and even though they did warn us about, you know, I'll give them credit for that. They did warn us that that was a tricky part of the technical interview, but, um, and I'm still struggling with it. It's just, it's how to speak in a group that everybody can pick up on with rubber ducky in it. And, <laughs> and I didn't even know a word for it until the last two months until, until being a technical interview, somebody explained it to me. I'm in, in America, in America or not, Amer I don't like to say that in school. When I came up, you got so used to solving stuff on your own, especially in math class. Um, solving a group math problem, solving it together was not something I was accustomed to. By the time I got to college, um, college algebra is, you know, that, uh, is that bugaboo in some schools. I know in my school, it was like, it was like a 40% pass rate in college algebra. So there wasn't a lot of group work in college algebra in, in my college. So, um, getting over that hump has just been so difficult for me. And the funny thing is if, in a, if it's a dark room, I can solve a pretty difficult coding challenge by myself. But if we're talking about it together, I start stammering and stuttering. I can't remember this method. I can't remember that method. And and so a part of it is the lights are on and I have to do it with the lights on. And that's not something we really worked on. And so, um, I, you know, to your point, Don, I, I know about it. I'm aware of it. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's really hard to get over that hump for it to become a strength rather than a weakness. And that's not something that a boot camp is going to be able to teach you. That's just each of us being individual. <laughs> So here's where I'm going to challenge it. I think a, a coding boot camp can prepare you better for that. And here's how you had mentioned that you went through these challenges, but you kind of like distanced yourself from it. Right. But they allowed you to do that. And what I would recommend, I've seen this with some coding boot camps, they hold you accountable. They have someone there to give you that personalized feedback. They don't let you push away or pull away. And sometimes that means dipping into their budget a little bit to provide that person to be able to do that. But I've seen coding boot camps solve that specific problem. And I would argue your skill is something many people need to work on articulating that especially i'm telling you i i had this dream job i want to work for twitch i was a twitch streamer for years and i got to the interview i knew react and it was testing me on react all of a sudden i didn't know react and interacting with this person i like i just built that anxiety up and like forgot even how to uh, pass parameters and like our properties and i just I, I blew it like I completely blew it and like it just snowballed into something worse. Right. But that practice, what I did in the coding boot camp in my full stack academy is I was also that person that kind of stepped back and I didn't participate and engage as much as, as I should have to actually get something real out of it. And they let me do that. They didn't hold me to that. So I would argue if coding temple could focus a little bit more on holding their students accountable to that, they probably would help more people that have a very similar problem to you. And I think you're right. And focusing on it, I think is important. And uh, you, you, you did change my mind a little bit there. Cause to your point, um, they do. I was, I was very active in the whole cohort. And that was the one thing I wasn't active in and no one pushed me on it. 
and and no one pushed me at all on it. And I and you know the interview practice, I I was bombing interview practice before I even left the boot camp. And so my problem was in right in front of me, right there. And the me and the, the TA Lucas, we talked about it in the lead up to the end. So um, my issue was right in front of us the whole time, and you know I didn't react to it in time personally, and I didn't and you know the the things that they did, did offer I didn't take advantage of. And to your point, if somebody probably would have been like, okay, Russell, this is the one thing you're struggling with. Let's step up and do mm-hmm. this. Get in here, get get wet, get dirty, be wrong. Um, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to say the wrong things. And that's, I know for me, that's my issue. I've been trained to all, only be right. That, and like that my whole career, I was, only speak up when you're right. And that's not the way software engineering works. That's not the way collaboration works. <laughs> I can already tell you've grown a lot from that. That's a really good observation. <laughs> I would I would also add that would maybe contribute to also the class size. Because again, for me during my time, uh because my cohort was 14 people, uh everyone went once every two weeks, right? And Russell, you mentioned you had like 17 people. So it it is more difficult for you to get the spotlight for you to, you know, if, for you to be the person to do, you know, the coding challenge for that day. Um, so I guess that's another critique I would have would be the lesser people, the more opportunity it is for you to, you know, face the coding challenges head on. It's good feedback. Yeah, I, I would agree with you too, Russell. Um, um, for me, I actually, I, I actually went with a third party. I, I didn't know that we were going to have that much amount of uh, help for the interview process or even with our resumes, those soft skills. Um, I went with a third party company that, and this was just for me, um, like first generation immigrant. I, my, I can't relate to my parents. How do I apply for jobs? I'm the first in my family to go to high school, graduate from fifth grade. Um, so <laughs> it was specifically a program that helps people like me. Um, how do you get into the job industry? How can we improve your, your soft skills, which I think are like Technical skills are great, but if you can't relay that or if you choke up, kind of like what we're all talking about, we can't we can't show for that. So I went with the third party just to help me with that, with my resume. And that's kind of what's also been helping me on my side, not just from the coding skills and the technical skills that I've learned. But I think like what you mentioned, Don, kind of integrating that. Can we dip into the budget to give more value add? And it also makes our students more attractable to other parties. We're making them. If anything, it's a great case study. Most are, are we have a higher rate of successful students that are at these companies, and by that little ROI dipping into our budget and providing those soft skills and helping them a little bit more, and that would be awesome. Unfortunately, I stuck with that third party, and they've really helped me um, just for my own needs. But I think you're right on that, Don. Um, yeah, really improving on that. Not the technical skills, but the human skills. If we can't communicate, how can we work together? So. Yeah, exactly. I get this feeling. I'm actually going to toss it up. They claim make it. They claim that 97% of graduates and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone in the comments, but I think 97% of graduates get a job within six months. Would you say that numbers, would you trust that number to be accurate? 50, 50 for me. Sorry. I I think that, I think it's in the ballpark. I, 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 I would give them, I would give them over 70. I'm not sure about over 90. Um, I don't, I, I, I just don't think it's realistic. I don't, uh, <laughs> especially in the current climate with way, with, with the way software engineering jobs are interviewed. I don't, I, I, I don't. I think it would, 
differ. I, I would differ from that. I would say not 97, but maybe 95. Because I think if we're looking on, looking into it from a cohort per, uh, per cohort basis, then I would kind of understand that percentage. Because the majority of my cohort members did get jobs within six months, right? There were maybe one or two of them that didn't. Uh, but if we're looking at everybody, you know, throughout the whole program in one uh, research purpose, then maybe Russell, maybe you are right. Maybe 70% would be more accurate. Uh, but for me, I would say it would have to be 95. If we're looking at it just based on one cohort. Okay. Maybe it's the data in me. Um, technically they could be correct where 97%, maybe the job wasn't related to technology or software at all. So mm -hmm. it technically is true. If it's, it's true, if it's not wrong, um, I could have had a gig economy job after that in the in the next six months. Would that contribute to the job? Uh, maybe I did get one in seven months that was a tech related job. But just seeing it from that standpoint, I don't see any asterisk unless you know of any, Don. But they could be right. Just happens to not be in tech. What, what, to Sydney's point earlier, he he was talking about how stuff was happening outside of the cohort. I had a bunch of stuff happen outside the cohort, too, that was really distracting. And so the one reason I don't think that 96% is 96% is true is because 10 weeks, whether you're going full-time or part-time, you have to deal with your life at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I know I had everything set up. I had all my finances set up before I started. Everything seemed to be going right. And then as probably about a week and a half, two weeks into the cohort, all of a sudden, all this extraneous stuff in my family, all this other stuff starts going on. All these distracting. And I can't say that happens for everybody, but, when, by the time I got out and I got refocused on finding a job, then you start thinking about what happened in the last 10 weeks. And that's one of the reasons I think I've had struggles in the interview portion is because the whole 10 weeks is a blur. Like I got information out of it. Um, I, I am a much stronger, healthier um, thinker. But um, part of the reason I can't access a lot of that stuff is because of all the other stuff that was happening. Like I clearly went through that cohort, but. I really struggle with the fact that I'm saying, yeah, it's 96. No, because, I, and I've been around and I've talked to some of the people in my cohort, the people that I thought were going to get a job real quick did not. And then some other people who got a job really fast. And so, you know, I just, I think it's a slippery slope. I, and <laughs> 96%, I think they, they could say it out of one or two cohorts, but all of them, because even mine, we only had 10 people graduate. So how could, how did, how did 96% of, of that number get a job? So if people aren't getting a certificate, and they're putting it on the resume. Are they saying I just went to the boot camp and didn't graduate? Are they telling the employers? So that's I don't know. I th I, I think every, what everybody's saying is valid, but I just think it's really hard to prove. I completely agree with you. I only mentioned that because it sounds like the marketing side. No BS marketing. Well, what does that sound like? Like it, I th I agree with you. It, sh it should be lower than that. But I just see it from that marketing standpoint. How yeah. can we make it as attractive as possible? Because that's what got me hook, line, and sinker. So and I mean. There's something, one of the reasons I went to the boot camp is because all of them advertise that you'll get a job. And coming out of the service industry, the one thing I wanted to avoid is I wanted to work for a company where everybody wanted to be there and wanted to work on the team. I, I was tired as a leader working in a box where everybody's there for their paycheck. That's okay. But nobody wants to do what they're supposed to do because I'm just there for my paycheck. I just, I'm over that. I'm over working on teams that are like that. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come to software engineering because the collaboration being able to work with others is so vital to being able to move whatever you're trying to do forward. That's something I really wanted to be a part of. Um, but the actual, 
You can't teach that in a boot camp either. <laughs> you can't do the agile scrum process in a boot camp. You're, they're, they're not, that's not the way they're approaching it. So there's still even more stuff you're going to have to learn as a coder, as a software engineer, as a data analyst coming out of it that, that uh, the boot camp can't prepare you for. And so, um, and that's one thing, that's, a, that's another part of the interview process that I was surprised to hear is, well, are you, are you working on being a scrum master? It's like, well, with, nobody told me I was going to have to what do that. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What does that mean? And so, and again, and that's not necessarily coding, coding Temple's fault, but being a software engineer is more than the code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to, and the, the soft skills, the problem solving skills, the, communi- the communication skills. What can you, what can you contribute? in the virtual space as a contributor like if you can't if you can't do the git process i can't you can't you can't contribute so there's so many other little things that go along with it that make up being a good software engineer a good developer that's really hard to see when you're in boot camp and you know they might mention it but then when you when the lights are on and you need those skills okay now i gotta go learn this now <laughs> I'm so i'm so glad you brought up the, the scrum master part um, and this, this relates a little bit too, I think to the, to the last, uh, YouTube video, uh, of yours, Don, where someone mentioned having the TAs and the instructors, having them be recent grads is kind of a blessing and a curse where like, it's all fresh in their minds. They know what it takes for you to be successful. Um, however, they also went through this. Have they been in a job where they've already experienced this? Can you tell me what the real world experiences of being of a scrum master? I only happen to know that from sometimes talking to development teams like, oh, yeah, agile. We had our sprints this morning. And I'm like, I, are you exercising every day? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so they're like, go on Udemy, Google it up. There's certificates for this. But I, I wouldn't know this if it wasn't talking to other experienced people versus sometimes the, the TAs and instructors may not have been in that environment. How would we ever know about it or even ask about it? So completely agree with you, Russell, where um, I was blindsided by a couple of these questions in some of my interviews. And I had to ask my developer friends, what does sprint mean? Uh, agile, scrum, scrum master, um, which is apparently a requirement, especially for development. So I think okay. to add on uh, from my experiences of planet jobs, right? I've kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of jobs in the end is it's very based on RNG, right? Like like Russell, you mentioned, there are people who you never expected, who, who you expected to get jobs so quick, still don't have jobs and vice versa, right? It, it can be a, a, a RNG type of style where maybe they have more connections. It can also be that. Mm-hmm. Um, from I guess that's another thing I kind of wanted to point out, that one of the reasons why Coding Temple and all, all other boot camps kind of give you a little bit of edge into getting a job is because they have connections. They The people working there have they know people who, if you're really desperate for a job, right, they can give you contacts or you can maybe reach out to alumni. They can say, hook you up with something. Okay. Well, and one of the major reasons I agreed to do this is because um, I enjoyed coding temple. I really did. I enjoyed everybody a part of it, but I, as I watched, was watching some of Don's podcasts, I started to think to myself, it really hit me. You know, I thought I did a thorough search process for my boot camp. And then hearing some of his podcasts and then hearing some of the other guests and some of their experiences. And I started to think to myself, you know, I probably didn't choose correctly for what I was looking for personally. Becoming a software developer is hard. It's not easy. Unfortunately, and I'm going to tell on the male gender, a lot of men say, oh, it's easy. I've heard a lot of men say that. And I haven't heard it say it come out of a woman's mouth. 
And that's not to differentiate. That's just my experience so far. And I think that's just because it's more guys. It's, guys are used to just sitting down and coding, and 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 women in the boot camp situation have to do a lot more to kind of stand stand ahead. And there's a lot of guys. Well, I just do this. I just do this at night, you know, for fun. And so doing it for a job is much different. It's much different. It's uh and and when I was practicing these languages and I was trying to learn how to do it, I really had a I really developed profound respect for the person that loves it in its core, just because mm. I, I found myself getting more into it as I got things to work. But when I hit a wall and the wall lasted, I really found myself getting so frustrated. I couldn't even look at the computer. I couldn't even go sit down and figure it out. And, and that's where the natural coding ability, I think stands out. And as I've gone through the interview process and as I've rebuilt my love for coding, I've had to learn how to love it in a way that's going to help me professionally and not me uh, getting so into it that I can't even do it. Like um, I'm not going to, I'm never going to be the guy that sits and codes for 16 hours a day. I have to have a plan. I have to have a project. I have to have a direction in which I'm heading. Um, and that's the difference um, between somebody who loves to do it and somebody who's just doing it for fun. And, or, and that's why I would tell anybody coming to a boot camp, you can't do this for money. Because when I signed up, I was doing it for money, and I've said it twice. I was doing it for money. And as, as I've come along, I've had to learn how to do it as a professional. <laughs> and that's something completely different. Sitting down to do this professionally is completely different. Um, and practicing do, being a professional at this is completely different. Like, just doing a, a silly project is not something that a professional does. A professional does something, a project for a reason. And that's a whole different ball of wax, a whole different approach to this. And it's something I, I don't think you have to teach yourself this. If you know it going in, you can you can do different things to get yourself to that point quicker. I didn't know going in. And so I've had to go through a whole learning process in booty camp, after boot camp, um, before interviews, after interviews. So there's a lot that goes along with this that um, that was really it's been a profound experience for me as a person. Um, and I thought it was just going to be a professional experience and it, it's not, it's been so much more. <laughs> and I, I appreciate, I definitely appreciate you guys sharing this. It's a lot of good, just personalized stories and just how you've, you've even perceived your experiences in the software engineering industry in general. I feel like we dove into a lot of details about that. Um, actually after the pod, it, like I said, stick around after the podcast, but I actually have a question for all of you afterwards, but I want to just try to save everyone's time. Um, so I think my last question, so I feel like I have a good feel. You talked about the instructors, the TAs, um, really went into detail about, you know, why it was a good fit or where you struggled based on essentially who you were. I think all of you have done a really good job at that. And I think that's going to be really valuable. What that does is that resonates with similar personalities to you as well. And I think a lot of people just try to match up their personality like, um, all right, um, Eric seems like, you know, the kind of guy I hang around with, like we're similar, like if he did it, you know, I can do it right. Like sometimes people are just looking for that and to be able to relate to some of my guests on the podcast. So I feel like a lot of this is going to resonate. We went over a lot of details. I have one last question. What did you guys think about the capstones, the final projects? I, I loved my capstone project. It, I kind of, Kind of was talking with my instructor about it. It kind of came from an area of passion. Uh, I'm a very TCG card game kind of player. 
So my my uh, capstone project mainly focused on kind of comparing prices of cards, similar to like Robinhood showing stocks, like variation prices through history for buyers and sellers. Uh, and that mainly came from the fact that I was just sitting on Discord with my friends and complaining about the market. Uh, and I loved every experience. I actually learned a lot through my experience alone working on it, um, just because you know, obviously there's, you can contact the instructor, you can talk to TAs for help. But for me, it was sitting down and because I, I, because my project was something I had passion in, I wanted to find the solutions to fix the bugs. Okay. How about you two? Yeah. Go ahead. I can can go. (laughs) For my capstone. Um, (laughs) Actually, I really enjoyed that part of the capstone. And to to give a little bit of transparency, like um, I went into the into Coding Temple specifically because they were advertising. They were a little bit more on the data analyst, more more on the data science heavy side. MATLAB using more Python, more like two three weeks for data science scraping. That really awesome stuff. I come from that field, right, and I want to learn more about it. it. It didn't really end up being as much of that. They kind of shifted it to let's make the last couple of weeks laissez-faire ad hoc whatever whatever best works so that was a bit disappointing um but the capstone i thought was the best part about it where um it's been a passion project of mine to create a crm tool that that helps people apply for affordable housing uh the the current situation it's all very paper heavy you you scan it you put it in a file you email it hope for the best um very manual so i want to do something about it but that capstone um I really liked it. I didn't really finish doing the capstone with them. I actually ended up going with an incubator and working with a couple of people outside of it, a lot from the skills that I've learned with them. So to a little bit to their credit and also to like, I think I'm actually downplaying the work that I'm doing here, but some of the awesome skills that I've learned here. And also now I know what I don't know. I want to work with people that know the stuff that I don't know. So that way we could use our strengths together, which was the best part of it. Like I came from a data side. I don't want to create stuff. I want to work with the people that create stuff to use our strengths together. Understanding that approach of like how to work as a team. I think that was the best takeaway from, from coding temple and to continue my, my capstone somewhere else. And we're still working on that project together. So the capstone I thought was amazing as in catalyzing. I want to continue this. Um, now I know the skills that I don't want to have because my strengths are somewhere else. And that's, I think, the best takeaway that I had from Coding Temple, apart from the, a lot of the, the the breakdowns and panic attacks and breakdowns. Like, why isn't JavaScript working? Oh, I was using the, diff- the wrong syntax. Never mind. So <laughs> best takeaway, let me know what my strengths were, my weaknesses. But now I don't want to continue my weaknesses. I want to use my strengths and work with people that those are their strengths. And now I know what to call it. Now I know what stacks to work with. Um, and really kind of catalyzing the work that I want to do. Okay. Yeah, for for me, it was uh, simultaneously a disaster and wonderful. Um, I didn't really have, I I had a plan in my head when when they assigned it, but I was so immersed in trying to learn JavaScript and React, I didn't do a good job of actually putting that plan to paper. What ended up happening was, is as we got closer to the actual due date, um, I just got filled with more and more anxiety and I wasn't getting too far on it because I just didn't have a clear path that I had written down. And that's why it was a disaster because I really didn't know how, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. And so 
right before and coding temple i give them kudos for this they gave me extra time to do my capstone because it wasn't ready the last day um and that's where the beautiful part came out i just scrapped the idea that i had because i didn't really <laughs> i wasn't going anywhere fast <laughs> i it was a bunch of ideas in my head that i couldn't get into my code and so i was able to i reverse engineered a uh, a udemy course and it actually worked out perfect i learned more doing that Mm -hmm. um i learned more in the week doing that than i did the whole time doing my capstone so that's how it turned out turned to be in a beautiful thing because it really forced me to uh to really learn how to code um on my own um and that's not that that wasn't coding temple's fault they did a really good job of teaching me but i really had a real tough time jumping out into the pool with coding um just because i wasn't sure of myself and i wasn't sure what was right and what was wrong a lot so when i was coding alone um, and I hit walls. I really struggled to get past those walls. And doing the capstone and reverse engineering that Udemy um, React course was really, I mean, it just, it didn't turn the light fully on for me, but it just, it really opened my eyes to the power of coding and how, if you really understand what you're doing and you have a feel of what you're doing, you can solve your problems. And that's something that I really struggled with in the 10 weeks. And the capstone really opened my eyes when it came to that. And it really helped me kind of move my coding forward. So that's I mean, awesome. I think it could. I think it actually could be really horrible for some of the for some of the boot campers because it's a lot of stress. It's a whole lot of stress. I lost a ton of sleep the last three weeks on that capstone, and it didn't have anything to do with um with my actual skill, and had everything to do with just finishing it. Um, and it, it was for the money that I paid. Looking back on it, it was really unnecessary in my opinion. <laughs> I still finished the boot camp and I didn't really need all that extra stress in my life, but uh but I'm I, I am glad I went through it. That's it's not a regret per se, but considering I paid for that privilege, I paid to be in pain for that last 3 weeks, like real physical mental anguish, like waking up in the middle of the night nightmares like did I waste this money? because I can't finish this ridiculous capstone. And is this going to define this 10 weeks? That's something that I do. I'm not happy with <laughs> as far as a personal decision that I made, but, um, but it did extend my skills. Um, and I do, I do appreciate that's the one thing they do hold people accountable on. If you don't, if you don't have an acceptable capstone, you're not going to get that certificate, which seems kind of silly, but it is a culmination of what you've worked on for the whole time that you've been there. Okay. I think that's, um, I think that's a great thing to end with so feedback that i got from that is you're paying for pain you choose a coding boot camp uh realize that understand it expect it and we'll we'll wrap it up with that so let's go ahead and jump into our outros russell if people want to reach out to you where could they reach you oh uh, russ russell oh i think it's russell anderson at linkedin oh man uh, that's terrible i don't know my linkedin by heart <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm popping around LinkedIn. Um, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, Russbot250. Uh, but I don't, I'm not in, I'm not active, active because, uh, because I have a life, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, <Cool>. no. <laughs> All right. How about you, Sydney? Where can people reach you and anything, and anything else you guys want to shout out? Yeah. Uh, anyone can reach me on LinkedIn.com slash in slash Sydney. Dash Romero. Otherwise, uh, my website, sydneyromero.com. Uh, I learned from, I decided to not use GitHub as much. My skills are more on data, so I put it all my all my portfolio work on, <laughs> on my website. Squarespace, little plug in there. Um, but yeah, um, no, I think this was a great experience, and I think uh, you're right on paying for paying. 
Um, but to your, Russell, I think you're my unfiltered voice on this, but Udemy has been such a great thing. Every <laughs> single thing that I've learned from uh, Coding Temple, I bought all those courses on sale only on Udemy. And they've, they've actually helped me kind of backfill that stuff so much. So having that on-demand stuff with different types of instructors that are already experienced, uh, you're right on the dot on that one. So Udemy has helped me a lot on that stuff. So I would highly recommend for anyone to supplement how they learn. All right. How about you, Eric? I'm very simple. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Eric Jang is the name. Uh, and that is my new Facebook. I'm always on there. You feel free to hit me up with questions. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate everyone for coming on. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, I want you, if you completely disagree about the message of don't or that you, if you think that you can just do software engineering for the money, I've gotten many disagreements on this. I am with Russell 100%. Disagree in the comments. I want a whole story. I want actual valid points. Um, plus, it boosts my video in the algorithm, so please do that. But <laughs> Russell, Sydney, Eric, thanks so much for coming on. It was fun, guys. It was fun.